0: Good evening and welcome to Spotlight. I'm Christy Dehaven.
1: Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council.
0: On the programme this evening, in a moment we'll be hearing from artist Martin Hearn, whose latest exhibition, reflecting back on the island's tourism heydays, opened at the Manx Museum last week. Also tonight we get a sneak preview of what's in store for the former Youth Arts Centre at Kensington, as I catch up with the new Creative Development Coordinator there. And we'll finish with a taste of the new Trip album featuring talented Manxie Isla Callister. Don't forget we'd love to hear from you with any arty endeavours you may have. You can email us at spotlight at manxradio.com. The Kensington Arts Building is very much at the heart of this evening's programme, somewhat accidentally. UK-based artist Martin Hearn learned his craft there under the likes of Norman Sale and Morris Day when it was the Douglas School of Art. Until recently, he's been known for his work in ceramics. But last week, he returned to the island to launch his latest exhibition, with not a single ceramic in sight. Oh, hi, I'm Martin Hearn, and I'm exhibiting
2: some recent paintings at uh, the Manx Museum in Douglas.
0: Now, you say recent paintings. Let's come to that first. Because up until recently, it was more about the ceramics, wasn't it? So how did this come about?
2: About the late... 1980s I started teaching ceramics quite how that happened I don't know but anyway I ended up teaching ceramics and spent a whole kind of career doing that up until probably uh, 2015 when I uh, was able to give that job up and then go back to what I really loved and what I really wanted to do was paint. So I've been painting since then, and this work that we've got here now in the museum is from that time, from sort of 2015 to the present day.
0: So it was almost like an outpouring, like you've been storing all this well, up.
2: Well, yeah, outpouring is, <laughs> is, a, is a good word. But, yeah, certainly kind of feeling that kind of... Um, pleasure of reliving to a certain extent that period when I lived on the Isle of Man and was a student here when I was more interested in painting and then before I got sidetracked by the ceramics. So probably was just reminiscing with um, uh, Katie King from the museum about the last time I had a show which was probably 14, 15 years ago to the day. So it's weird how it's well, all come weird. round, yeah.
0: So how does it feel then to bring this work back here and have it be the paintings that presumably, as it sounds like, you've been wanting to do for quite some time?
2: Yeah, um, I'm just relieved to see them on the wall because, uh, you know, having worked on them over uh, probably five years or maybe a bit more... Um, To see them actually here in the Isle of Man kind of makes more sense now, I think, that they're on the wall. And I'm just relieved to see them all as a body, because they they do work, I think, as a group. It's about the experience of uh, growing up in the Isle of Man, but also seeing how Douglas woke up every Easter. How the the town came alive with the preparations for the tourists in the days of mass tourism mixed in with some contemporary stuff so there is some images of what's around today there's uh, evening drinks for example is still you can still go and see that scene Um, that is quite a poignant one for me because that was like the last kind of cafe beach ball lilo kind of frontage of uh, Of Douglas, and
0: Mm -hmm. just describe this painting that we're looking at. So so this
2: is two people having a a a cup of tea out of a polystyrene cup on Douglas Promenade, surrounded by a giant uh, plastic ice cream cone with a flake in it, and some sort of very stylized beach balls on the left, and they're kind of hemmed in by all this colour and a a colourful parasol. so, and they're kind of rolling up cigarettes. So it's a kind of, uh, it, it's, it's contemporary, but it's also tinged with nostalgia for that period when I was here in the 60s, you know, as a young youngster.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that because it, it, there is something, there is something a little bit sad about it in a way, in that, you know, you're sort of looking back at a time that is gone now, really, as you say. Yeah. You don't see scenes like this no, anymore. No,
2: no, it's... Um, I think that's true some of the imagery in the show is of things that kind of reflect on that poignancy of a disappeared time really Um, and I I mean I hope that's in there that's uh, like we were talking about earlier it stops it from becoming too sentimental and I think there is a difference between sentimentality and sentiment and I'm looking at sentiment rather than sentimentality so I think that's a legitimate area for artists to be concerned with.
0: Mm So we should ask then, I mean, you've mentioned the fact that you, you were you tra- you trained here, I suppose, where your art story began, really, on the Isle of Manor. It was at yeah, the art yeah. school, wasn't uh, it? Yeah,
2: I um, also was lucky in, uh, I must pay a tribute to Fred Godin, who was my art teacher at Douglas High School, who was a oh. great guy. And then I went to Kensington Road with uh, the, um, Norman Sale and uh, Morris Day and... Uh, Eric Ulgrave. they were the guys that were teaching then. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of a seminal period, really. I really enjoyed my two years there. But uh, that was 66 to 68... God. <laughs> God. Yeah, that was ages. Yeah, seems like another era, another age altogether now.
0: And it does seem one of the things about this exhibition is, I mean, I walked in and just thought, wow, the variety of styles here. And I was wondering if in some of them, maybe you, are you paying tribute to some of those past masters, maybe?
2: Well, I, yeah, there is uh, the one of the, the camera obscura, the, the Great Union camera, which is a kind of homage to Norman. I mean, the Normans kind of, Uh, need to be kind of uh, amazed by work he often said that you know he wanted to see something that kind of stopped him in his tracks and so I've kind of used some of the kind of spirit of that I hope in pushing this building out onto the cliff edge so that it's almost like teetering because I've always thought that that was the case with that building. It always looked so precarious to me and I've just undermined it a bit more by doing that. So so that's a homage to Norman. And, and of course, as well, I put this in because... Um, I thought, well, I'll get his name in on something as well. Oh, yes. He's
0: referring to the fact that on the uh, Morning Copper painting we were just talking about, there is a sale sign in the window, which is wonderful. So I suppose in some respects, I mean, you were saying that the paintings themselves, in a practical sense, began back in around about 2015. But in a way, because of the theme, I'm guessing this story began really when you were here, didn't it? Yeah,
2: it did. I think... um, I mean, lots of them as well are based on photographs that I took um, in the 60s and 70s and I've gone
0: back over those and have used those to kind of inform what I'm doing now. Okay. well, I want to take you back around the corner because when we first came in, we were standing by a couple of paintings and and obviously every one of them has a story. And uh, so we're just going to pick a couple of them. Let's let's come to this one here, the Into the Void. Just describe what's on this painting and explain what it's about.
2: It's based on a photograph of uh, Harry Crank, who was a famous high diver um, who competed for england or great britain rather in the 1908 olympics in london and came forth in uh, the springboard i think it was and he was from lancashire and became quite famous for his diving prowess and appeared at galas swimming galas in the isle of man from about 1909 right through to the first world war and would put on these demonstrations of high diving. So he was advertised in the Ramsey Courier as being the champion diver of the world. (laughs) And um, so so the painting is Harry Crank doing a swallow dive, which he was famous for. But I've kind of exaggerated slightly the leap and how he's jumped off the high board at at Ramsey, the old open air pool in Ramsey. Um, which was probably the coldest afternoon I'd ever spent in my life, was going swimming at <laughs> at, uh, at Ramsey Pool. And so there is a kind of chill, I think, in this painting that yeah. com- comes from that experience. And I've, I've sort of put a little figure in at the bottom right who's looking at the, uh, the high diver, Harry. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's a spectacle. It is a spectacle. Mm. And similarly, on the opposite wall, I love the fact that, again, a very, very different painting, but it's of the amphitheatre. Tell us a little bit about this one.
2: Well, this is um, a contemporary image of the stage up at Douglas Head, the um, the pavilion, which had a kind of um, a fantastic history of performance. And uh, the... Memory that I have is from the early 60s when the yo-yo champion of the world performed on this stage. Somebody Pickles, I forget his first name now, but and unfortunately, I mean the tourist crowds disappeared. I think really from Douglas Head. It's some. I mean even in my time here, that um, the numbers dropped away and the parks. Committee in Douglas Corporation decided it was no longer financially viable and stopped supporting it. Um, but it did have a, a renewed life occasionally. You know, performances were held there right up until the 60s on a regular basis. And I believe it's still used today occasionally. So so this is a rather sad, bleak image of this um, uh, pavilion. It looks a bit like a bus stop, sort of waiting for performers to arrive, really. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's a fabulous. I love that the, the yo yo champion and the fact he was called. Something Pickles Pickles. is just magical in itself. (laughs) I see Hopper in that picture.
2: Yeah, yeah, Hopper's been a big influence, and um, I use that sense of light, I think, as well, in the one of um, Victoria Street looking across there by what's now called the nags head pub that kind of strong evening light uh long shadows that kind of atmospheric yeah. uh, color as well i think
0: and slightly was, voyeuristic as well
2: yeah yeah and um just a kind of glimpse of something that uh, is seen just momentarily so so very much so
0: so does that mean that then uh, you will now you've returned to painting and that's what you're going to be doing from now or is yeah, could yeah. there be a return to ceramics No
2: no no not Cer- ceramics is a thing of the past now yeah it's gone this is much more uh, what I want to do so yeah so this is what I mean I remember Norman Sale writing in a catalogue you know uh, this is what I'm going to do seriously no messing about he wrote and I just that kind of sticks in my mind him saying no messing about so yeah (laughs) maybe that's going to be me
0: Artist Martin Hearn his exhibition Day for Night A Season in Douglas runs at the Manx Museum Art Gallery it's on now until the 24th of April
1: Spotlight To you by the Isle of Man Arts Council.
0: Earlier this week, I found myself standing in the aforementioned Douglas School of Art, the very place Martin honed his craft under the watchful eye of Norman Sale and Friends, Kensington Art Centre, which may have a new name and a new creative lead with a new vision. But the end goal is very much still to inspire, encourage and teach the arts to the local community. <laughs> uh, so talk us through where we are. Just take us on a walk and let's have a tour of the art Centre.
3: So we are in the art classroom. At the top My the name is Peter Shimmin and I am running Kensington Arts Centre in Douglas. This staircase uh, is, I think it was installed when Archibald Knox was a student. So it's a conservation staircase. Now this is very climbing,
0: exciting, Peter. It's a brand new role for you. How long have you been in it so far?
3: Um, I started in November. It was a little bit delayed. I was on holiday before the job started and then unfortunately got COVID. But yeah, I started in November, so two, three months. How's it going? Yeah, really good. It's a great job. Uh, It's a fantastic team working with the arts team, uh, Jane Corkill, Emma Callan and their team. And everyone here at the centre has been really welcoming as well, so it's been great. And then through the very um, glamorous uh, bathroom corridor... (laughs) Uh, which leads us round to the dance studio. So, it is the original School of Art. So, it's got very mm. high ceilings, very useful when they were painting in there. But when you're trying to do a tap dance, it's a bit echoey, a bit more challenging. So For
0: those that don't know, just tell us a little bit about this place.
3: Yeah, so Kensington Road, the Art Centre, was originally the Douglas School of Art back in, I think, the 1880s. And it was where Archibald Knox studied art. Actually, it's probably the most famous name to come out of it. And then over the course of the last 100, 120 years, um, it's gone through various different iterations. It was the School of Art and Crafts for a while, and then it was the Youth Arts Centre under Fiona Heller. And now I've taken over um, as Kensington Arts, and we are just a community art centre providing arts and entertainment for the community
0: so give us a little bit of a flavor of what sort of stuff goes on here
3: anna klukas runs art tank which is our kind of art classes and workshops for age 8 to 18 on a tuesday and a thursday Uh, paul ellison runs tech crew which is kind of backstage experience getting involved in sound lighting event management uh, again on a tuesday David Dawson and I are doing National Theatre Connections, which is our drama programme at the moment. We're taking a bunch of kids over to the UK to perform at York Theatre Royal uh, to do a brand new show commissioned by the National Theatre. So we rehearse on a Wednesday and a Friday. And then Jenny, uh, a lot of you will know Jenny Smith, who runs Soundcheck, which is the music project that runs out of the basement, offering kind of experience doing live gigs or help with band practice music mentoring sessions and that is on i think it's a tuesday wednesday and thursday in the basement uh yeah so now we're in the theater so we have um, a 130 seat theater which pulls out um and we can also use the stage in different layouts um hello little people chloe and michelle were in here over christmas Mm -hmm. and they kind of had more soft seating um around the place and they performed Sort of in the round, they had. The uh, how
0: busy does it get down here? How many kids do you kind of get down here usually?
3: Ooh, on a busy night uh, when we have everyone in, we can have up to about thirty or forty up in art, and then I think they go up to like fifty or so in in sound check. If you've got lots of bands practicing, it's a little bit quieter than it's than it's been in the past. You know, we're trying to build up the program again um, and add in new new ideas that's going to excite the kids and get them involved. Um, so. Watch this space because it's going to get busier, and more vibrant, but the neighbours thankfully aren't complaining at the moment.
0: <laughs> Can you, I mean, you say it's going to get new and there's going to be exciting things on the cards. Can you give us any kind of ideas or is it all a bit under wraps at the moment?
3: Um, well, basically, at the moment, we are rebranding as Kensington Arts, uh, which is gearing, I guess, more towards everyone within the community, although kind of youth services is still going to be a core part of the offering and we want to make sure this is a safe space for children to get involved in the arts. I think this building uh, in its location and with its history has a great opportunity to be a centre for everyone in the community. So you'll see more classes for adults coming up, people with um, special needs, things like that. We want to make sure that there is something for everyone and that it's really accessible.
0: And the thing about a place like this is, yes, it's sort of focused on the arts, but it's about much more than that, isn't it? Because over the years, I've seen some of the kids that have come through here. I mean, you came through here, didn't mm-hmm. you, back in the day? And it's also about friendship, it's about connections, it's a, it's sort of about finding yourself, isn't it?
3: Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of like-minded people who have an interest in the arts. Generally speaking, people who like the arts are quite open and friendly. Um, so people find friendships that last a lifetime here. I've got lots of friends that I did Manx National Youth Theatre with back in the day that I still talk to now. And also, we're, um, we're a very queer friend space as well so particularly down in Soundcheck um there's a lot of people who people who are really looking for their tribe.
0: And uh, as I said you came through here yourself so tell us about some of your memories from being here back in the
3: day. Yeah wow. Well, um I joined when I was probably about 12 or 13 I'd done drama clubs uh, at Balakameen and in primary school and stuff like that but Mags National Youth Theatre um Our main thing was going over to the big youth theatre festival in Epping in London. So I think we went two years in a row to take kind of a group of about 20 of us over to do a show in a big in a big field with, with like hundreds of other youth groups. Um, and I was actually quite fortunate. I don't know whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, but I wrote a play when I was about 15. It was a very angsty, emotional, emo show <laughs> called Cult Nonfiction that um, Fiona said, right, Peter's written a play. We're going to go and perform it at the, at the Youth Theatre Festival. And, and it, was, it was great fun. So uh, again, like we were just talking about, I made lots of friendships there. I really enhanced my skills and my confidence. Um, and yeah, was able to go and get my show performed in London, I guess. Yeah, it was very nice. That
0: is awesome. And it led you to some brilliant stuff. We'll come to that in a moment. But this must, I mean, you mentioned to me, it felt, it, this feels like full circle. This must be a, a really sort of precious thing
3: for you to come back here then. It is. Yeah, yeah. The centre means a lot to me. Uh, like it means a lot to a lot of people, you know, I've, got a lot of respect for this building, a lot of respect for particularly the time that Fiona um, worked on it when it was under youth service. I was forever here doing stay awakes to raise funds for the centre. I remember painting the walls to try and make it a bit more like fresh and bright. So for me to now be in charge of it, it feels like uh, I'm able to give back to something that had helped me grow so much when I was at that age.
0: So it does stand you in good stead being here. And I think that's one of the things that we often hear, the Isle of Man, actually, tiny little place, but the opportunities you get here and the rounding you get to be able to go further afield if you want to it's brilliant isn't it
3: yeah it really is and, and i was fortunate particularly when i got involved in amateur theater when i was kind of a teenager um i joined stage one and then Douglas Cora Union and um, the level of skill of the people that live here is exceptional and I, I did amateur theatre with groups in London and we put them to shame I can tell you that <laughs> no there was um, there was a lot of things that I learned when I was growing up you know about discipline and being focused but also kind of pushing yourself which I took through into my training and again when I went into auditions that just standard me in good stead as well.
0: So I think we've probably got an idea from what you've just told us, but what would you hope for some of the kids that come through here under your sort of tutelage, I suppose? And what would you hope for them in the future?
3: I would certainly say that anyone who's interested in a career in the arts should consider it. You know, there is no one path to get involved in drama or dance or art or music. You know, there's a lot of opportunity right now for people to just dip their toe into it and that's what we want people to do here at the centre. A lot of our sessions are drop in by nature so you just pay two pounds and you come in and do a drama class or a music class or or art and um, it's giving people that opportunity that maybe they don't have elsewhere, they can't access um, to kind of ignite that passion within them to decide if this is something they want to pursue in the future and we can try and give them some advice about how they would do that but at the end of the day a lot of it comes down to luck and being in the right place at the right time so If you come here or you join any of the theatre groups or art classes and things around the island, you're going to gain a lot more experience. that then if you decide to do it in the future, it's just going to put you in the best position. And yeah, this is down in Soundcheck, the basement space. It's a really cool, edgy space. I was never cool enough when I was a kid to come down here. There's loads of like, surely
0: not Peter. Well,
3: there's loads of band posters and amps and and music recording equipment, which I'm... um, I'm not as uh, as skilled at, but it's it's a really cool space. Um, and, and I, you know,
0: you said it's a period of change here. It's very exciting times. What would be your vision for this place in, say, five, ten years' time? What would
3: you hope for it to be? Um, my biggest, like, mission or, or purpose is to increase the diversity and engagement at the centre. So, as I said before, there's there's not tonnes of stuff going on here. It's busy enough at the moment, but I need this to be loud and busy all the time during the day I need to have people in while the kids are at school I should have adult classes in and um, people rehearsing for their bands and stuff like that so making lots of noise during the day as well as in the evenings and opening that up for the kids and also working with third parties you know if anyone wants to come and hire the space just find out what's going on here if they can use the theatre or the dance studio Um, just have people around the community, use the space more so that we're providing a service um, for everyone, really. That's my view, and that we are able to offer something a little bit different from what they can get elsewhere.
0: Peter Shimon at the Kensington Arts Centre. The full-length interviews with both Peter and Martin Hearn will be available to download as a podcast soon from manxradio.com. We're not quite finished yet, though. Manxie Isla Callister, now living in Scotland, plays fiddle with the band Trip and they launched their superb debut album, A Drop for Neptune, at the weekend at the Celtic Connections Festival. I'll leave you with a wee taste of the gorgeous tune, Turning Tides, written by Isla herself. Enjoy and have a great creative week.
1: These grounds, they know the paths I trend The contours of my footprint. Step high take in, to come, drawn by, and to meet your oldest call. Under the bright blue sky